Well, I welcome you this morning. I'm glad you're able to join with us, um, especially those of you that are visiting. Uh, my name is David Payne. I'm the senior pastor here, and we're glad you're here. And if this is your first time, we hope that while you're here, uh, you sense God's presence. Uh, we're not always going to be crisp and sharp in our organization, organization and transitions, but uh, we, we try to do everything uh, with a, a spirit of uh, wanting to serve God and uh, uh, we think that's more important anyway. Uh, it, it makes good excuse for my ineptitude too. So, uh, but uh, we're we're glad you're here. Uh, just in case you didn't hear it at the beginning, a couple things coming up. I want to make sure you know about, uh, especially those of you that are sort of new to the community. I want to encourage you. Uh, on Friday, August 28th, we're going to have a fellowship potluck, and that's just going to be in here. We'll, we'll set, we set up tables. Uh, we're going to do a couple little different things just to encourage you to, to mix and get to know some other folks, but we encourage you to come to that. It'll be a fun evening. Uh, just bring a dish to share, and uh, it's, it's just a nice, uh, inexpensive way to get out of the house and enjoy the company of some other folks. So we hope you'll join us for that. And then uh, the youth are going to be getting started. Uh, the, over Labor Day weekend, we have a men's mission team that's going to be going to Guatemala and uh, uh, be going with them. Just wanted you to know about that and add that to your prayer list. Uh, the guys are going to be doing four things. We're building a fence, uh, building a new play area and playground for the kids, tearing out two bathrooms. That's the one I'm not going to be working on and, and uh, uh, doing some other maintenance stuff. And so if you want to uh, just add that to your prayer list, if you do want to participate in that by helping out with, uh, um, with uh, a financial gift to, to help buy supplies, uh, that would be wonderful. And you can just put Lucinda on, on your gift and we'll, we'll direct it that way. We have been... Uh, we started last week. We're in a new series. We're, we're, we're going along with a, a, a thing that's going on in the uh, entire denomination of the United Methodist Church it's called Rethinking Church. And uh, churches all over our country uh, are in this, in this idea. And uh, it's, it's not a program. I know some of you grew up Methodist. You think all of us Methodist preachers have like canned sermons we receive and stuff. And that used to be true, but we don't do that anymore. But... Um, but uh, Along with it, a lot of times I'm not real up on what the United Methodist Church is doing. Uh, in fact, sometimes I'm sort of embarrassed about what the United Methodist Church does. But this is one of those times where it seems like there's a movement, a re revival, a, a spirit that's going among our denomination that, that I want to celebrate. And like I said, I'm the first to, to criticize them. And, and I just want to say there's a couple things going that you'll be hearing about over this next fall. That, that makes me uh, proud and makes me hopeful of where our denomination is, is heading. So we're just talking about church, and, and, and we're calling this Rethink Church uh, because so many of us have some faulty ideas about what church is about. We've been trained by our religious leaders, by our parents, by our own experience, by the whole, by the whole uh, mistaken idea that church is about entertainment for us. The church is about us getting, uh, having a, a place to shop for our spiritual needs. Uh, there, there's just so much about the concept of church that, that has just gone along with our American greediness, consumerism, self-centeredness, uh, that, that doesn't really match what the original tension of the church was about. 
And so as we're over these, these few weeks, we're just sort of examining some of that and, and uh, just looking inward and looking at us as a body, looking at what we might be, what, what maybe God is calling us to be and, and making, making some, some hopes and, and plans uh, for the future. Last week, we talked about uh, that it's, it's not just about Sunday, and actually that song you just heard, uh, Colin and John wrote that uh, a couple weeks ago, so that was an original song that went along with our, our, our deal, so uh, be available for release on album in the next month. <laughs> uh, but it's not just about Sunday. God cannot be compartmentalized. God is a God of everything. And even though we try to squish him into a day or a place or a time, he's everywhere. And we need to recognize that. We need to serve him with everything we are, no matter where we are. This week, what I want to visit with you about is, is the, uh, the whole deal of what we say and, and what we do. A lot of church people are good at saying a lot of stuff. In fact, some of you that have been disillusioned by church, that's part of why you had a problem, because there were people that said too much and went too far and were too quick to point at you to show you the things that you were doing wrong and, and a little too uh, self-righteous about what they were doing right. And they could talk a big story. And, and you know, this is, we, we all have an experience of that. You, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into that because you know what I'm talking about. And, and even those of us that get mad at people that do it, we're just as guilty of it. You know, we're all hypocrites. We, we all have this, this, uh, this thing inside of us that it's easier to talk a game than it is to, to act it out. And Christianity is certainly that. We, we, it is certainly easier for us to, to say what we believe, to, to shout it from the mountaintops, to... to to hold our hands up in worship or, or to claim it, especially when we're in religious circles, it's so easy. But then when it gets out in the world and when no one's looking and we're not sure what eyes know what we're doing, it's pretty easy to sort of put that to the side. So what we're going to talk about this morning is part of church is realizing that it's not just what we say, but what we, what we do. And our scripture this morning comes from James chapter 2. Beginning in 14, James is one of the books in the New Testament. It's a letter. It comes as a great balance to some of Paul's writings because a lot of times Paul in his letters is focusing on grace. And if you misunderstand what he's saying, it, it sort of leads to this passive uh, spirituality. Paul talks about we are saved by grace. We don't earn it. There's nothing we can do to, to earn it. It's a gift that's given to God, and that is correct. But grace is not cheap. It does not mean that we are not held responsible for what we do. And the book of James, the letter of James, sort of helps balance that. And this passage will help you with that. It's beginning in verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say that you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? 
So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have any good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have one faith, for you believe that there is one God. Well, good for you. The demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Faith without works is useless. The talk or our belief without it resulting in action is useless. What I would say is what we have done is we have made this this idea that belief is a knowledge thing. And and we, we read passages in the Bible that if you believe in the Son... If you confess, and, and it's all these head things, believe, in, but that's only taking an American reading, an English reading of the text. If you, if you get into the Greek or in the Old Testament, the Hebrew, those words of belief and, and, and believing in are not a head knowledge term. They're, they're, a, they're a word, the words emote this feeling of, a, of an all-encompassing effort towards. If you believe in somebody, if you knew someone, it it was not just you knew their name, you knew a little bit. There was this intimate connection to. And sometimes we have have made this mistake, especially in the modern day church, of saying believing in God is the goal. And like what James says there, well, so you believe there's a God, big whoopity-doo, so does the devil. I mean, the spiritual forces against us knows that there's a God. Believing in God doesn't do anything. It's what do you do with that belief? What, how does that respond? How does that correspond into action? If I believe something, it's going to make me act. If I believed that in moments there's a bomb about to go off in here, I'm going to be hightailing it out of that room, out of this room. I'm not going to say, well, I believe there's a bomb. And my belief causes me discomfort. But I believe there's a bomb. No, I'm going to get out of here. Belief results in action. But for some reason in, in our Christian circles, we've allowed belief to just become something we talk about and share about and argue about and discuss and read books about and put. And it makes us feel so good about ourselves that we're so intellectual and we're, so, we're called to such a higher plane than the rest of the heathens in the world that don't know God, but we do. And it, we feel so good about ourselves, but when other people look at us, they're like, what? Why do you want to do that? Why do I want to be a part of church? I don't need to have stupid conversations. I don't, I don't really care about all that intellectual stuff. I want to I be a part of a movement or I want to be a part of something that makes a difference, that does something. And you know what? If we look back at the history of the church, if we look back at what Jesus was trying to do as he formed the disciples and then gave them the Holy Spirit and, and, and it took off in the books of, book of Acts, it was never about 
a comfortable gathering where you sat around and talked about ideas and concepts. It was about changing the world. It was about getting your hands dirty. It was about rubbing, rubbing elbows with your neighbor. It was about bringing peace to an unpeaceful situation, bringing hope to people that had no hope. It was nothing about a gathering where we pat ourselves on the back. And yet that is what we have reduced church to. Oh, we believe. Oh, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I would follow him wherever. How long, much longer is the sermon going to be? i got to get to lunch. We, we, we have allowed ourselves to get so selfish of our spirituality. If we read the Scriptures, it says, in order to please God... You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is how Jesus summed up the law. That is how Jesus summed up what God is calling us to do. It's not a, it's not a partial thing. It's an all-in situation. With all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I'm going to do whatever. My belief compels me into action. My, my belief is the thing that lights the fire within me. It's the thing that sets the drive within me. And the fruit of my belief results in action around me. You know a tree by its, its fruit. You, you can see the results of, of the faith in the way it plays itself out in the world. Well, I, I, I just want to talk a little bit more about this, this patch is pull out a couple things for you. What, what this is talking about is, is us doing good. And, and I could spend all day going on about the whole fact that we need to do something. I think you get that by now, and I'm not going to browbeat you with that. I'll let you do that to yourselves. I'll let the Holy Spirit work on you on that for a little while longer. But uh, you, you, you know, we know, as much as we want to resist it, we know we need to be in, involved. I mean, there's, a, there's an urge within each one of us, regardless if you're, you're into church or whatever. I mean, that, that's why at Christmas there's this urge to help people out. Even people that, that don't have spiritual backgrounds or don't uh, participate in church want to give and help out. There's just something within us. So you know that. And I'm not going to spend a lot more time on that. What I want to get at is, the idea of being busy for God rather than doing good, okay? There's a lot of us, that, and pastors are, are probably the worst culprits of this. There's a lot of us that have mistaken the idea of being busy as doing good for God. That... that we, we can fill our schedules with church meetings. We can fill our schedules with Bible studies. We can fill our schedules with, with this and that and the other. And it's all related to church. But if we were to take a look at it, it really is a lot of doing good that's good for nothing. It, it's not helping anyone. It's not... It's not changing anything. It's not shining light in the darkness. It's just sort of keeping busy. 
This is one of the things that my sabbatical sort of screamed at me. You have to sort of step away from a situation until you can see how much useless time you spend in it. <laughs> and part of, I mean, I was telling people last night, I, I could do the whole retired at 45 thing. Uh, some of y'all, some of you retired guys that tell me retirement's boring, you need to get a life because I could do it. I mean, that, that seven weeks, I, I could extend that into a lifetime and be very happy. If it wasn't for the money thing, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be out of here right now. But, um, but stepping away from, from the church and sort of ha- getting out of the, the whirlwind, one of the things that, I, that I've been thinking about is how much of my time, how much of my schedule, how much of my energy goes to things that really has no eternal consequence and does nothing but suck the life out of me and the life out of the other people that have to be in the meeting and frustrates people. And it, it really is not accomplishing anything. How much of church stuff is, is just about the buzz about being around church and the, and the energy that we think we have to have to prove to the world that we're doing something worthwhile and we're just spinning our wheels around and the world's looking at it going, no, thank you. But we keep spinning harder because that way we can justify who we are and what we're doing. There's a lot of times we, we spend a lot of wasted effort in the church. And this is for you old church people. We appreciate your service and stuff, but don't get caught in the trap of thinking that showing up at church for meetings and stuff, satisfies Christianity. Because if the only people you are in contact with, if the only people you are are rubbing elbows with are your other Christian brothers and sisters, you've just just taken the movement that's supposed to spread to the world and contained it in in a safe environment. That's why we need to rethink what we do in church. Is it about building a community here? Is it about building a country club so that we all have something we can do? Is it about building an entertainment center for children and youth so so that lazy parents can have a bunch of ways to dump their kids off? Is it about having a, 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 a club that makes us all feel better, that we're better than everybody else out there? Or is the church a vehicle through which God can unleash his power in the world? Is the church a vehicle in which the the lost and the hopeless can find find a home and find an answer? There's lots of clubs out there. There's lots of ways to pat yourself on the back. There's lots of ways to sort of feel good about yourself that are frankly a lot less frustrating than church. But there's nothing that has the power and the potential to change the human situation than the body of Christ operating in the power of Christ for the world. I'm going to, I'm going to, in just a minute, I'm going to have Summer uh, show you a little short video. It's on our website. You can go there and watch it later. And, uh, and, and this is a teenage girl. Her name's Elizabeth Clymer. Uh, she's from back east. Um, one of the things United Methodist Church has been doing is they, they were founding partners in the, in 
part of the movement to end malaria in um, in Africa. And Elizabeth is a was eight year old. Uh, eighth grade girl who got involved in this. You're going to get to hear her story in a while. I don't want you to pay as much attention to the cause she's talking about. We're going to be talking about that coming up this, this fall, about the malaria and the nothing but nets and stuff like that. We're going to talk about that coming up. But what I want you to focus on is this eighth grade girl who takes the name as Christian, who understanding what Jesus has called her to be and to do, I want you to focus in on her, her language and how she views her identity as, as a Christian, how she, review, how she feels about her responsibility in being a Christian. So let's, let's just take a look at this. It's short. and I'm a member of Messiah United Methodist Church in Springfield, Virginia. In eighth grade for our civics project, my teacher gave us a take action project. And the goal of that project was to find a, to find a problem in the world to fix and go after it. And so after doing some researching, I eliminated a lot of options and I came down to uh, malaria prevention in Sub-Saharan Africa. When a disease causes poverty and it kills children, it's time for more people to take action. And I looked into what options existed out there to help prevent malaria, and one of the biggest organizations out there was called Nothing But Nets. And little did I know, the United Methodist Church was a founding partner in Nothing But Nets. And so I figured, I am United Methodist, and I can help. And so I put the two together, and now I started a great campaign at Messiah. See the enthusiasm of everyone in the church. It's overwhelming and it's great because as United Methodists, we're growing together in what we're called to do. She really found a way she could make a difference in the world. And so she wasted no time helping to energize our church around this. This began as a youth emphasis in some ways, but it has spread beyond the youth and now involves our whole church family. And so you can see here in our fellowship hall this morning, members of our congregation coming to make their contributions picking up cans to collect coins that they can keep by their bedside and throw their spare change in. So it's exciting to see how this began with the vision of a single person uh, in our congregation, a young person, and has spread to our entire congregation. This is now who we are. We are United Methodists, and this is what we have been called to do. This is who we are. This is what we do. We save lives now to prevent the diseases that are easy, uh, simple to prevent. In America, we're so fortunate. Most of us are very lucky we all have so much, and you know, if we don't get to see the movie that came out, you know, on opening day, some, you know, we complain. But then I'm like, heck, we're alive. you know, we're alive. We're we have nice houses. We have roofs over our heads, so <laughs> there we have no room to be complaining. These people are just doing well to survive, and you know, they have to deal with death every day of so many loved ones and friends and family. It's not fair, and we cannot keep going on consciously as. United Methodists and Christians, and it's just human beings, knowing that other, like our brothers and sisters in Christ are dying. We have to do something about it. I'd like to have a bunch of her in my church. Did you hear some of the words she used? This is who we are. This is what we do. There's need out there. Somebody needs to do something. It's us. 
so long the church has spent its, its life making excuses for why we're not going to be involved in the world. So long we've made excuses why it's okay for us to be mediocre, why it's okay, why it's, why it's understandable why we haven't done things. We've come up with reasons about money and how cultural barriers keep us from doing things and how we don't want to waste our resources by being good stewards because, you know, some people might misuse the gifts. We have, come, we have become experts at being rationalists, of why we're ineffective and, frankly, just hypocrites. If you want to know why the movement of Christianity is not going anywhere, it's because Christians have stopped having that kind of attitude. As the disciples were thrust out into the world, that was the, that was the energy, that was the, that was the mission that they were on. Hey, there is need out there. We've got to do something. It may cost me my life. It may cost me some sacrifice. It may cost me some money. I might have to do away with two cups of Starbucks coffee a week in order to do it. I may have to reorganize my schedule. I may have to do something that's it. But you know what? That's who we are, and that's what we do. That would be an awesome congregation to be a part of. That would be an awesome movement to be a part of. That they, that's what we do. That's who we are. Just want to refer you back to that text in, in James. It, it was even a problem back then. So I'm not picking on us just as Americans. It's part of the human nature. And James picked up on it of, of religious people that would see the need and go up to him and say, oh, brother, sister, we're sorry you're in. We'll put you on the prayer chain. Well, that's a great first step. But he says, if they're hungry, if they need food, if they need water, if they need a friend, if they need someone to walk beside, do it. What good is your faith? What good is your prayers if it's not leading to action? And even as I said that, there were some things that went off in your head of, well, and it's because you've been so brainwashed by the church for so many years, of part of our ineptitude that it's better to stay back and just pray. Don't get me wrong, I believe strongly in the power of prayer. And I really think prayer is effective when people use it as an energy and as a backup and as a motive checker for their action. That's when prayer really becomes effective. We are not called to just be passive. We're not just called to look. We're not just called to be judges and critics of our culture. We are called to be the catalyst that changes everything. It's who we are. It's what we do. An eighth grade girl makes a difference in her church, in her community. No special training, doesn't have the scriptures memorized, doesn't have the resources, the time, the education that many of you have. And just out of desire and an understanding of, and a heart wanting to serve God made a difference. That's why we got to rethink church, man. Are we going to be happy with just talking the talk? Or are we going to actually do things? Are we going to be happy and be in a community that, that just sort of pats itself on the back and continues to build up pretty things around itself? Or are we going to take the light that's been given and share it with the, with the world? Are we going to be satisfied with just what happens here, or are we going to be more worried about what's going on out there? 
Are you going to be courageous enough to put yourself into a situation that might be uncomfortable? That's what Christianity is about. We're going we're gonna to be pushing. This is what we, this is what we all need to work on. This is what God has called us to do. Look at the Great Commission. Go into all the world, baptizing those around you. Go to all nations, to all people. Teach them the things I taught you. Be a part of the world. Change the world. That's our call. This is who we are and what we're called to do. The question is, are you coming with us? We're going. It's happening. It's because God's doing a work all around the world. He's always at work. He's always working. He's never given up. He's never accepted the status quo. He's never accepted halfway. He's always been working, and he's always looking for some people to come along to plug in and get going with him. Always. I just know I want to be on that movement. I want to be in that wave instead of the one that sits back and watches and makes excuses of why that wasn't for me. Why don't you bow with me? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your, your love. We thank you for the example of the folks like Elizabeth that aren't sophisticated. They, they're, not, they're not trained. And but God, they just have taken seriously your message. Your call in their life that and they they're silly enough to believe that they can make a difference. Lord, all of us, we sometimes have not allowed our our talk to to match the things that we do. And we've made excuses and we've made rationalizations about it. God, we want to be involved in in your movement. We know you're always at work throughout the world. We know that you're always, always present. Always opening up opportunities and always calling to your disciples to, to walk with you. Lord, this morning we we want to commit ourselves to that. I want to be in that number. I want to be a, a, in, that, in that wave. I want to be a part of something that makes a difference. I don't want to just busy myself with the business of church. I want to, I want to be a part of the transformational power of church. Lord, forgive us for the times that our witness has been embarrassing to you. Forgive us for the times where the church has let you down. And Lord, we just pray for your strength, for your spirit to to fill each one of us, to rise above our weakness and to lead us in how and where and, and what you want us to do for your kingdom and for your glory. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. As uh, we close this morning, I just want to make a, an invitation to you.